From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Spotlight. Come here, let me look at you. Spotlight, I want to keep digging. Hello, I'm Barbara Kahn. Um, this is Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. Uh, my co-host, Americus Reed, is out doing parenting duty. So I have as a new guest and co-host for this particular part of the show, Ludovico Cesario, who's an assistant professor at Lehigh University. Uh, she's also been a, my colleague here at Wharton, so I know her quite well, and I love to have her commentary. She is an expert in consumer behavior and luxury and counterfeit luxury goods. She works on ethical decision-making, aesthetics, and lots of other interesting topics, which are completely relevant for Mother's Day. So that's kind of why we wanted to bring her in, because it's my vote as a mother that you go out and buy your mother a whole bunch of luxury items. Don't you agree, Ludo? <laughs> No, I did not, but I'm sure she would have loved that. <laughs> I don't know what your sons are buying you. you getting any luxury from your sons? And your Oh, you don't know yet. It's not Mother's Day. <laughs> I don't know yet. My husband, when he knew I was doing the segment, was like, do I need to be listening? Are you going to be giving me cues for Sunday? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's where we're going to go. And then so I'll talk to Little for a little while about building on her expertise. She's done some research on luxury. And she's Italian, so she knows luxury inside out and backwards. Um, and so we'll have a lot to say there. And then she'll join me in, in greeting our next guest after Ludo is Kevin Keith, who's the chief marketing officer at Edible Brands, which is another way to give gifts to Mother's Day. So we'll talk about what they're doing. But um, Ludo, let's start off with some of your insights. We might as well start off maybe with um, what trends you're noticing in luxury and what you think is something that people should be paying attention to if they want to venture into buying luxurious products. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, ever since COVID, um, we've been talking a lot about whether luxury has made a comeback or not, and it really has. Over the last couple of years, we've really seen tremendous growth in the luxury sector, uh, about 3% year over year. So it's, you know, astounding when you think about it uh, relative to recessions and inflation and all that. Uh, but specifically, the latest trend that I've been, you know, reading a lot about and that's fascinating to me is quiet luxury. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but, you know, on TikTok and on Instagram is all that, you know, the young kids are talking about these days. Um, and to me, it's fascinating because, you know, fashion is cyclical. Um, and so when I read quiet luxury, I was like, wait, that's inconspicuous consumption. And it's something we've been talking about for 10 years. So to me, it wasn't new, uh, but it was basically a new embodiment of the same phenomenon. And it's this idea that uh, really wealthy consumers are now wearing logo free garments and accessories. Um, and the whole point is that they are understated and sophisticated, and to the consumers in the know, that is what is currently signaling luxury. Um, and it's fascinating because I just published a paper back in December on ugly luxury, which if you remember, it all started back in 2017 when Balenciaga launched their triple S sneakers, which were these really ugly. Uh, yeah, I remember very, them. <laughs> Colorful, right? And this really crazy shape. So really the opposite of what quiet luxury is. And that was kind of the trend for the last, you know, six, seven years. And, you know, Alessandro Michele, who was the creative director at Gucci, is really the one who kind of chaperoned the industry in that direction. Um, and so to me now, seeing this complete 180, 
uh, back to, you know, these very simple silhouettes, neutral colors um, is, is just very interesting. And so wait, let me let me stop you for one second, because yeah. I know you're going to yeah. see this better than I do. Um, so I'm curious what your critical eye would say. So qu- there's a couple things to quiet luxury. One is what you're commenting on, whether it's, you know, ostentatious, ugly to that or logo free. You know, those are kind of two different ideas. So one is like yeah. the idea of loud colors versus muted colors. The other is the presence or absence of logos. But I yeah. wonder, like, when I think about this, and like you said, it's cyclical. Sometimes logos are in, sometimes they're out, sometimes they're big, sometimes sure. they're small, so you see all that other stuff. But one of the things that I think is important in luxury is a little bit of the signaling value. Now, if you're if you're a sophisticated rich person, you may not be wearing loud, ugly clothes or logo clothes, but even if you're wearing muted colors, Aren't you wearing things of high quality so that people in the know would recognize, oh, you know, it's you're not making a big statement, but I'm pretty rich, too, and I know you're wearing, you know, Louis Vuitton or something like that. Do you- Absolutely. That's, that's exactly right. So just because it's, you know, understated doesn't mean that it's not signaling. signaling. It's definitely signaling. But like you were saying, it's signaling to certain consumers. And like you just said, it's to those in the know. Um, and it's kind of like, if you know, you know. Um, yeah. It's true that consumers who are part of that echelon, who are what we would call patricians, meaning that they're very high in need for status, but they're also very high in financial wealth, so they don't need to display it as much as what we would call parvenus, which are the ones who want to signal that they belong. Um so it's definitely that they're wearing these muted colors and these, you know, simple silhouettes, but the craftsmanship is still amazing. The quality is still amazing of those garments. Right. So it's really about an aesthetic more so than the quality of the garments. So what I'm trying to say is that minimalism is making a comeback, um, especially in the ultra luxurious market over what has been a maximalist aesthetic in the last six to seven years. But so, you know, to your point, and I know this touches on another area of your research, which is counterfeiting, you know, so like if you have the money, um, then you can wear toned down stuff with very, very fine quality and still be projecting the wealth you want to, maybe to only to some people who have the eye, but it's still you're still discriminating in your clothing. If you don't have the money, then part of the value of that logo or that loud clothing is that you could maybe buy counterfeits or maybe copy it um, and still try to signal that you kind of know what's going on. What happens to those poor wannabes who don't have the money now? I mean, how do you signal? What do you do? Wear Gap or something? I mean, like, how do you? <laughs> well, so it's interesting that you say that, right? Because, yes, fashion is cyclical and fashion, fashion trickles down from the high classes all the way down to mass. And it takes some time. So what we're seeing now on the runways is this return to quiet luxury. Give it like six months and you're going to see it in the fast fashion, right? So it it, it is going to come down to the everyday wear, to the H&Ms and the Zaras of the world. It's just going to take a little bit of time. And so what's going to happen is that after it becomes mainstream, the, the very high-end, high-class consumers are going to move to something else. Right, right. I get that. But what I'm asking you, though, is when that stuff comes down and it just looks like, you know, gray sweatpants, like, how, you know, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's easier for the masses to pick up something that's a little bit flashier or logo-y. What do you do to kind of look cool when you got no money and it's minimal. I mean, like, how do you, how do you do that? That's what I'm asking. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I don't know. Like, <laughs> if it's something simple, 
Well, I think the, the difference is really in the quality and the craftsmanship. And so to the naked eye, you know, a very nicely put together Banana Republic gray pant uh, might look like the much more expensive Chanel pant. But at the end of the day, the consumer who's in the know, maybe it's the stitching. Maybe there's like a detail, right, that distinguishes it from the mainstream. Um, and so for the imitation and the aspirational consumer, the logo is much easier, right? Because that's right. thing. You can copy it. You can buy entry level. And hell, you can buy counterfeits. And there's, you know, this new whole trend of super fakes which are incredibly high-quality counterfeits sold for like a tenth of the price of the original. Um, And so I think there's still going to be that imitation. It's just going to be less obvious, if you will, uh, than when they were copying, you know, the big logo brands and purses and uh, products in general. Yeah, the standard is going to have to depend more on like really taste, you know, whereas actually copying ugly logo, that's pretty easy. Copying a logo, you know, that that's easy. But like copying something that's minimal and still exercising some kind of taste, particularly on a budget. So you can't just use like buy the highest price one. It's it's kind of harder on those people who are coming up. You know, you mentioned this idea of super fakes. There was a big New York Times article, I'm sure you saw on that, um, yeah. which is exactly what you're talking about. The idea that some of these super fakes are literally the same quality. They come off the same factories as the luxury yeah. good does. You're certainly seeing that with diamonds as well, where the, the artificial diamonds are actually only an expert can tell the difference. As a luxury expert and a counterfeit expert, expert what you know you're like the perfect person to ask what to make of this phenomenon what does that do to luxury it's a really complicated phenomenon especially for the authentic luxury brands right it's a really big challenge and you know i've been studying counterfeits for i don't know 15 years now and i've always read about seconds which are what you're talking about so technically authentic products that come out of the same factories as the ones that are then sold in the legitimate channels, but then they get sold in illegitimate channels and thus they become a a form of counterfeit. Um, And of course, with, you know, improvements in technology, the counterfeits have just become better and better quality. And there is this aspirational consumer who always wants to have, you know, the Chanel quilted bag or the Hermes Birkin. And so they will turn to those counterfeits. Um, to kind of access that world and that signaling. Um, and this actually gives me a nice leeway into another trend I was going to talk to you about, which is AI um, and how AI is actually helping luxury brands fight counterfeits. Wow. Um, yeah, because brands like Louis Vuitton and the Caring Group, they're using the blockchain to basically right. create a unique serial code for every product that then once it gets uh, sold, gets passed on to the consumer. And so you kind of have a trail of authenticity that can't be counterfeited, which I think is absolutely fascinating because, you know, counterfeiters take everything, including authenticity certificates. And so now, you know, with the blockchain, that's impossible to do. Um, and so that's a really interesting way in how luxury is leveraging AI to kind of protect itself against these super fakes. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I forgot I knew that. But that like one of the things I think is interesting about luxury is obviously the brand and the quality of the product has always been important. But now they and they've always been worried about customer experience. But now customer experience is is really important. So ironically, you see the luxury people being some of the first to experiment in metaverse kinds of ideas and NFTs and Mm -hmm. stuff because they put so much value into the experience. And like you're saying, NFTs or the blockchain stuff like that, like with any art, will give you authenticity and certification. So really, it makes total sense that that's going to make a huge difference in luxury. And that, and it does sure. make sense. 
And if you think about it, like at the very beginning when, you know, digital and e-commerce became really popular, luxury really struggled, right? Because the luxury experience in store was something that at the beginning luxury brands thought it was going to be hard to replicate in the digital world. And it was. But now, thanks to the metaverse, right, and these virtual shopping experience and these, you know, AI assistants and fashion assistants, um, they really, like you were saying, they've been experimenting. Uh, and I think it's just made them so much more avant-garde and trying to keep up with the times, especially because now the bulk of the luxury consumer is a young consumer, right? right? Like 70% of all luxury shoppers next year are going to be millennials and Gen Zs. And so the way in which we relate to luxury brands is different and we want their presence online and we want to, you know, visit their store in the metaverse or have them do an online partnership at some, you know, I don't know, Coachella and have like a digital store. So I think it's, it's really interesting that luxury that was, you know, the, the most skeptical at the beginning is now kind of leading the charge with all yeah. these new technologies. It's very uh, cool. Retail. So we're going to switch gears in a minute. But Ludo, I got to ask you, if you had to give people advice for Mother's Day, uh, what luxury item people should buy? What are you going to tell them? They should buy them a luxury experience. Uh, as a mother, I'm tired. Uh, so sometimes for myself, you know, whether a massage or like, you know, sometime at the, a salon, I think a luxury experience for moms is the way to go. 